Hello, and welcome to the Digital Workspace Works podcast. I'm Ryan Purvis, your host, supported by our producer, Heather Bicknell. In this series, you'll hear stories and opinions from experts in the field, stories from the front lines, the problems they face and how they solve them, the areas they're focused on from technology, people and processes, to the approaches they took that will help you to get to the scripts for the Digital Workspace inner workings. Um, have you ever read um, Getting Things Done? No. As a methodology. So uh, I'll spare the whole long spiel, but but basically he's got a flow chart that I, that I still live by. Um, and you look at the flow, the flow chart, well, he's, he's got a concept, which is um, if it's less than two minutes, you do it. If it's longer than two minutes, then you've got to decide if you're going to defer it and you've got to put in a, a date where you're going to do it. Um, are you going to delegate it so someone else must do it or are you going to drop it which means you're just not going to do it so and, and I kind of live by that sometimes so so if there's a um, an article that I want to read I'll, it'll be in my tabs and then I'll come back and look at it and I may um, just give it a quick skim over and then that's you know within two minutes I decide whether I'm going to keep it or not and if I'm still going to keep it then I'll uh, then I might um, and, and the drop it could be you put it into a folder like a research folder so if it's like a topic you look at a lot, like obviously digital workspace, we look at a lot. So I'll have a whole folder for articles of stuff. Um, and that's how I do it. Uh, it works most of the time, not all the time. None of these things work all the time, but uh, yeah, it's one way to filter out all the noise. Yeah, no, that sounds like a good system to kind of, if, you know, put things away. So it's, it's there, you're not going to lose it and not be able to find it again. You know whether or not you go back to it, but at least it isn't crushing your CPU and your memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because Chrome is renowned for that, taking up too too much memory. Teams is pretty bad too. It's it's mostly Chrome and Teams for me that are really system hogs. Yep, yep. But I've been looking at my bandwidth usage because I want a on a 4G card now, and I've only had the card in place for maybe. What are we? End of January, two weeks, three weeks, and I've already used about sixty gigs worth of data. So, Teams is definitely a, a hog because um, I'm only using it really for work, um, and I spend most of my time on phone calls. So, yeah, with with video, um, so it's definitely definitely taking um, a lot of a lot of resources. Yeah, even uh, even when um, I haven't been using video as much, I notice the team still demands a lot. And I wonder if that's ever going to get optimized or if it's just going to get worse as they, you know, obviously the the idea, the strategy, right, is to make it the, the place where you go for, you know, mm. to access any of these other apps where you live as much as possible just within Teams. Which means, you know, more things need to be added in, new features, make it better to edit documents within Teams, which I could only mm. imagine would be, um, make it a, you know, heavier app. Yeah, it's it's built on a, a platform called Electron. Um, I don't know much about Electron, but I would suspect that, that because it's a, I think Electron's JavaScript based, it's going to be quite intensive because it is script script that's been run and the reason why I use Electron well I think they use Electron as they wanted somebody that's multi-platform um, 
but yeah, I, I would think that's probably where some of the problem is. There's definitely an optimization that, that could happen there. Uh, it's probably something worth asking Tom about because um, he's on the inside track on all of that sort of stuff. Wow, so he's an MVP for it. So, you know, but potentially he would know. Um, but yeah, it's it's definitely heavy. And I mean, you'd think that they would, well, you, you always think the logical thing is to make it perform optimally. But as long as no one's complaining, they probably aren't doing anything about it. Yeah, I'm sure it is. There's a lot to weigh. I do, I do think it's gotten um, a lot more stable as a platform um, over time as I've used it, definitely. I remember, so we were beta users on it. And there was a time where just like every week, I felt like I was using the, you know, help function, submit a bug, submit feedback kind of um, mechanism. And I, I don't find myself doing that anymore. So. Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely improved. Um, I, I do find it very clunky still. Um, you know, so you talked about editing documents. So like if someone sends me a PowerPoint, it's nice that it's in the chat and you can click on it. But then that sort of loading up in the window, it's a bit odd because you can't actually see the chat anymore. So now you've got to like close the window to have a chat again. Whereas what you want to do is basically the chat next to the document. Pop out. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah, side by side, pop out, yeah, something. Yeah, I mean, when we did, when we did um, I used to work for a, a vendor called Global 360, um, which was bought by OpenText. When we used to do document work, you'd have a document open and you'd have the, the sort of steps, the checklist that you need to go through and then the, the, the chat, whatever, it all be in one screen. So it was all nicely laid out. So you weren't wasting time. And I find that's, that, that would be my concern about teams being the the go-to place is it's not a very efficient place to work. Um, and I can't figure out what's wrong with it, but but I find like the chats, you, you, you'd be in a chat, but now you're in a Teams conversation. So you have to like move away from chats to Teams to have a conversation. Um, and, you know, it's just, that's an unintuitive way of handling things. Uh, and then if you're trying to find something that that's important or someone says something that you want to drive an action from or, or something like that. Sometimes the ability to interact with that message is not the same. So you can't just reply. You can't just reply in the thread to that comment. You almost have to reply where, where you are in the next part of the chat and say referring to your comment about blah blah blah. Here's what I think, which is very like clunky and, and actually doesn't. You don't want to persist that kind of chat because it's going to be very difficult to follow. Um, something that I think Slack has got a bit of a better play on. Yeah, I was going to say that, you know, I, there are some people who are really diehard Slack fans. And I think maybe that simplicity of experience or just like, you know, there's really fewer ways, I think, to use Slack, whereas Teams, there's more variables for individual behavior and how you treat the teams versus chat model. I mean, I guess, you know, Slack does have private messaging, but I, it is it is more similar, I think, between the messaging, you know, the private messaging and the, like, the Slack feed than teams is between the team and the chat, if that makes sense. I don't think I'll follow you. I mean, maybe, maybe if mm -hmm. I sort of do it this way. So, so if you're in a Slack channel, someone can say something and you can reply to that statement in its own thread 
and you can sort of branch out within the same conversation still, but you can have a side thread that's running. And when you reply to that statement, you can either reply in the thread or you can reply in the thread and to the main conversation. So it looks like if, in that sense, if you reply to the main conversation, you have a new line with your, with your response, but you also have it inside the thread what your response was. Which, you know, sort of seen as bad etiquette to do both. You, you normally just reply inside the thread. Um, but you can take that conversation into a direct one-to-one conversation as well from that chat. So you don't have to go and start a new conversation to have the one-to-one. You can sort of, like you do in WhatsApp, you can reply to something in a group, but you can reply privately and go into a, a sub-channel or a sub-chat without everyone else knowing what, what's happened. I guess speaking of WhatsApp, I know there was, was it a couple of weeks ago now, the, the mass um, exodus off of WhatsApp and on the apps like Signal because of Facebook's terms of service changes. I remember you had some, some thoughts there. Um, yeah, so, so maybe, I mean, I, I haven't left WhatsApp, um, although I, I I have had Telegram for a long time and, and at Signal I've always heard about, but I've never installed it. So obviously I did what most people did as I installed Signal and started talking on there. Um, I, I, I don't like Facebook generally. Like 99% of the time I can't stand the business, can't stand what they're, what they're about. But it's unfortunately one of those things where I think you have to have an account. Um, at, at the very minimum, you have to have it so that no one else has your account. Uh, so, so identity protection and stuff like that. Um, you know, WhatsApp is so useful for me in the sense of I'm, you know, a whole lot of groups that I'm on and, and people that, you know, generally if I want to chat to someone, they're, they're on WhatsApp. Um, and even here in, in SA, um, a lot of businesses are only available via WhatsApp chat. So you can phone them on WhatsApp. So like stupid example, like our time massage bunch they're they've got a phone number but they respond quicker on whatsapp they'd answer in the phone um so so yeah so i think um it'd be very difficult for people to leave whatsapp but i do i don't like the um the facebook approach to things generally so i've gotten turned off all the things you can turn off there's actually a a link that's going around at the moment of of what you should enable and disable and and all that kind of stuff so I'll, i'll give that I'll send that to you if you haven't seen it. Um, but like like Instagram, like Twitter, like well any social media, I think you have to have an identity there that you are, that you protect, you know, um, so no one else can can impersonate you. But whether you actually use these things, um, yeah, that's that's a personal preference. Um, and I think the, I think we we do need to realize that. I mean, and this is a pretty common concept but not, not everyone knows this that when it's for free you're, you're the product um, so if you're going to use Facebook realize that whatever you do on there posting pictures of you know like every so often I'll post a picture of something to be used against me um, for advertising or affecting my feed or whatever it is so um, I think that awareness needs to happen um, I am preferring signal at the moment so so genuinely what's happening is if i can if someone's on signal i talk to i, ch- I move the conversation to signal uh, i find their the app experience 10 times better than what not only uh on the phone but they actually have a decent ipad app 
um, so I can use Signal on the iPad, and I can, and it's got a Windows app as well. So, so in that sense, it's it's a much better product. Um, and I don't know if you know this, but the guys who built Signal, the same guys who built WhatsApp, um, they just they just left WhatsApp when it was bought, whatever their, their golden handcuffs were, and they went and built Signal more to where they wanted it to be. Um, so, you know, generally I've heard much more secure much more privacy orientated um, than WhatsApp and, and Facebook, which I can agree with. Um, but also just a, a, just a simple, nice experience. Um, Telegram, on the other hand, is a lot, <laughs> that's a very dicey product. Um, you know, I've heard all sorts of rumors about it being known by a bunch of Russians that are going to sell to Facebook any minute now. Um, but also that you can, if, if you don't protect your group, so when you create a group and you don't make it a hidden group, anyone can join your group. And there's all sorts of, you know, you could search your area right now and find a whole bunch of groups. So you've got to be like very, very aware of, of when you do a Telegram group that, that there's all these things to consider. Why would that be a feature? <laughs> well, it, it does make sense. Like, um, so I was driving through Santon yesterday and um, – there's a there's a, a on a couple signposts there's a, a telegram logo and, and then there's a, a, a sort of hey bud name which i'm assuming on telegram that you can go and join um now if you're in a local area you want to you know you need a lift somewhere like a lift club you, how would you find them well you, you used to go on facebook or something like that and, and ask someone to recommend somebody i think it's just another per, per, proliferation of that where it's just groups that are created but you know if you set up a, a neighborhood watch group you want to make sure that anyone who comes in that group actually is in your neighborhood. Um, not the guys trying to rob you who are doing research because that's your risk if you don't do it properly. Um, so it's just, it's just the things you've got to think about. I think, uh, what are, what are your thoughts on the whole thing? Um, well, I guess, you know, WhatsApp I, I've only used very in a limited sense and I've been sort of off Facebook for a long time, but I haven't ever done the, true deletion of the profile so mm -hmm. i find what you say about having a profile to protect your identity very interesting and i haven't heard that as sort of a an idea before or practice that you might want to consider um does facebook i i thought they don't they have something where they try to verify that it's really you or is that not very robust i know they changed that after i left the platform um yeah, I don't know. I mean, I um, I very rarely go on. You know, probably once once a month, I'll have like a um, two hour like just binge bunch of things. You know, whatever it is. But I've never actually checked um, that. I think I think it is device aware. So if you if you log in on a different device, you'll get a notification to say this device has access to your profile. Um, and I think you can set up the usual sort of two factor authentication. Um, authorization on another device to use that device but I've never really tried um, off a different device I haven't seen that uh, for a while I don't know that they have um, 2FA now I need to log in and well, figure out what my login is and then go and do that because um, that's I mean even just leaving that profile up there um, and now I guess I, I need to think about this decision a little bit more either way but um, since it's such a pain to do the full deletion, you have to like, at least the last time I looked into it, it was, um, you know, you needed to basically contact Facebook directly and, and manage it that way. 
So I just haven't um, taken the full plunge. Yeah, it's not, it's not that bad anymore. I mean, you can go into your accounts. I mean, you've got to go find it. It's a bit tricky to get mm-hmm. to, but but you can you can delete your account and it gives you 30 days to change your mind. Um, and you can also export all your data, uh, which is which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, I've done it a few times where I've got to that point, but then I always realize that I've, you know, there's so many applications that I use, like, you know, something that you've logged in, like, like Strata, for example, Strava, which is the fitness app. Um, to track everything. That's on my Facebook account. And they don't have a way to migrate your account from being a Facebook logged in account to a normal account. Um, so that that's a bit irritating because so you've almost got to weigh up the some of the things you've done and see if um, you can actually get off it completely. Yeah, I think luckily I left the platform before that sort of proliferated. Um, and I do think, so, you know, for me, it, it really captured my Facebook activity was really my teenage years. So even if I was going to return to the platform, I think I'd rather nuke that and wipe it from the internet and restart. <laughs> I don't think there's any need to, <laughs> you know, keep all of my high school classmates as my network. Um, as interesting as I'm sure it could be to see what everyone's up to. Um, but on the, I guess on the signal front, so I've been using signal, I think a couple years now, just searching, always searching for a good app to Android or to message with Android users. Uh-huh. And I think we, cause we used to go through different Google ones. Um, I don't even remember all the names anymore. There's like Google, I want to say it was Allo, um, Google, I think they had another duo. I think they had a messaging app called duo. Um, but they always were changing it. Um, and eventually we found and switched to signal and then it has, you know, the added benefit of, you know, not being a major tech company and, and being more, you know, secure and private. So, um, yeah, that's what I use, um, for non iMessage stuff. And I haven't looked back. Yeah, I don't actually know it was Duo. I forgot about Duo completely. Um, but um, you, what you can do, I'm just doing it now on my Facebook account. I thought I had done it. Um, you can set up Google as your secure um, thing. And I've also set up uh, two-factor, which I've just overwritten with a new one, just because I use the Microsoft Authenticator app. Um, and I was using the Google one. So, so yeah, you should do that definitely if you're, yeah. if you're not, uh, don't use SMS. Yeah. Yeah. I have, um, Microsoft authenticator, which, um, is nice cause it has the watch app. So you can just click the approve right from the watch when it works. <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that I've had some trouble with as well. Since I've switched to the, the series six, I've had trouble with that, but usually it works quite nicely. So you're saying you're using Signal and when it was before Dio. So, because I, I mean, you count them, you've got Facebook Messenger, you've got WhatsApp, you've got Signal, you've got Viber or Viper, Viber, I think it is. You've still got Skype that's that's knocking around. Um, then you've got Teams and and Zoom that are like the enterprise ones. There's probably other other ones. I think there's a, a Cisco ch- Teams as well. Yeah, WebEx um, Teams. WebEx Teams. It gets a bit, uh, you know, who do you, who do you talk to on where? They just got iMessage or SMS. Um, 
although iMessage I think is is a little bit more sophisticated than just SMS. Uh, it's it's quite a plethora of uh, chat applications, and of course you got you know the sort of Twitter direct messaging which you could use as well if you really wanted to, or LinkedIn or Instagram or <laughs> I don't know if TikTok yeah. has a direct message. They probably do. Yeah, I haven't spent too much time with TikTok. I found that a very weird experience. <laughs> um, you know, it's it's I, I just can't sit there and watch weird videos all day long. Um, although it's, every so often you, you see a pretty funny one that that you know some guy sends them along in a group, and you and you end up looking at a few others. Yeah, my my TikTok experience is very much seeing it secondhand on different platforms, which means you know. I'm sure by the time I see it, it's like passe. It's old on TikTok. It's no longer the hot new thing. You know, it's like the the memes that make it up to Facebook that have been around for a few weeks. Um, yeah, we were, we were joking about something yesterday where the actually where the memes are actually accelerating faster than the news. So none of us watched the, the Colin McGregor fight um, on Sunday, Saturday night, but the memes are coming out with him being knocked out already. And we're like, oh, I guess he lost, you know, well, you know, don't have to watch the highlights now. Wow. Yeah. That is interesting. I, and that raises an interesting question about, um, just, um, copyright, I guess, because I, I would imagine that, you know, if everyone is watching this GIF, um, of who won the fight and they don't need to go to your, to your website, you know, whoever hosted the fight to mm. watch the highlights, they probably would not be too pleased about. Well, I, I, I don't know if you know, well, you would maybe not have noticed this with WhatsApp. So WhatsApp put in a thing because originally well, a while ago, um, you know, you would, you'd get a whole lot of videos being forwarded on WhatsApp all the time, you know, and you'd, you'd get a video, you'd pass it on to your next group and you'd end up with a cycle of, of stuff moving around and they actually put some limits in. So you couldn't, if you forwarded a video, you could only forward it maybe to two other groups or, or one other group. So that they, re- they restricted how much you could forward on it content wise. And I wonder if that's not the start of some sort of content controls. Um, not so much what your content is, but the dissemination of content. And if, and if you pick up a, a file by its name, and that name is something that's re, that, that's descriptive, you could actually get into some sort of um, human rights violation or or, or, viol- or, or opposite, where you um, you know you're invading privacy, really, um, which is what they're saying they're not doing with this this change. But you you, you just don't know. I mean, supposedly everything's encrypted. Um, but you got to, you know, you are putting a bit of faith in the platform. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess I could see, you know, different ways where that could be protective and different ways where it could be, um, I don't know, I guess undesirable. It makes me think of, I think it was. I think the Mandalorian, the first season when that came out, um, there were a bunch of baby Yoda, you know, gifs, gifs and memes mm-hmm. and whatnot. And I, I, if I remember correctly, they kind of cracked down on that and tried to take those off and say that people couldn't create that kind of thing and, and share it. So I, I think that changed at some point because I definitely see them now, but. 
Yeah, I suppose that's a licensing issue, huh? Mm-hmm. Um, oops. I, I haven't seen that for a while. In fact, I've just fin- I mean, I finished Mandalorian a couple of weeks ago, um, the end of it. And then you'd think any publicity for that would be good publicity as opposed to bad publicity. Yeah, you want, yeah. want stuff being sent around. Disney is pretty. I don't know. I think you really crack down on that stuff, but yeah. But um, yeah, I know I need to um, go move on to my next call of the day. You and me both. You and me both. Cool. Well, it was good chatting. We'll talk yep. to you later. Cool. Cheers, Heather. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Heather Bicknell is our producer and editor. Thank you, Heather, for your hard work on this episode. Please subscribe to the series and rate us on iTunes or the Google Play Store. Follow us on Twitter at the DWW Podcast. The show notes and transcripts will be available on the website, www.digitalworkspace.works. Please also visit our website, www.digitalworkspace.works, and subscribe to our newsletter. And lastly, if you found this episode useful, please share with your friends or colleagues.